think I'm just going to, there's a few things. So just, we have no slides, by the way. So your job is to take notes. <laughs> and, and there's some words that you're going to hear that I feel like take notes on this. Uh, write these things down. Uh, and then begin to pray into them. I think they are for 2021 as we're moving in. So I wrote this down. 2021 is, first of all, it's a year that we are going to see faith arise. Uh, it's, it's a year of establishing faith. And, uh, and honestly, we have not been a church, big C. If you look at the church, we have not been a church that actually lives by faith. We have been a church that lives by sight. Uh, you can see it just in the way there's been so much turbulence and things that, and, 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 and I think the problem is, is we haven't learned how to actually live by faith, to operate by faith, to walk by faith. And, uh, and so what happens when we don't do that is it's all is good, everything goes great, you're going along until things don't go great until things start to shake, right? And then once the shaking happens, which, by the way, is the Lord's hand, uh, we go, oh, the enemy's shaking things. now. the enemy doesn't have that much power. The Lord acts actually, there's, when there's shakings going on, it is most often the Lord. There are times the enemy, I mean, the enemy attacks. There's no question. The enemy, there's an attack. But, but often these bigger things that are happening, when you look at things going on in the earth, if you think that's the enemy, man, you've given him way too much because he is not that powerful. Uh, God is in control, ultimately. And, uh, and so I, I just want to say, um, those shakings, though, what we have to do is we need to, we need to operate in a place of faith and not by sight, not by what we see happening in the world because there is evil in the world. Uh, who's the God of this world? Not God. The God of this world is Satan. He is actually the God of this world. And so there are two kingdoms. We've talked about this. There's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of this world. And they clash. Uh, now, it's not that... It's, sometimes we, we have that perception of like, well, it's God and Satan and they're like arm wrestling and fighting here. No, God literally can go like this and Satan's gone. <laughs> it, there's, no, there's no competition or no... There's nothing between God and Satan. But, but he's, what he's done is he's established us. He's given us this place of authority on the earth. And, and so part of his sovereignty, we talk about the sovereignty of God, part of his sovereignty is actually saying, I'm giving you authority. He's given us authority. And so now we go, God, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you making these things shift and change? And he's like, no, I've actually given you authority. We're the ones that have the authority on this earth. So, so God's, it's not that he's not all powerful, but he has in his sovereignty given us authority on this earth to reign and rule. And then as we give it up, Jesus came and then reestablished that authority, right? And it says he's given us the keys. And I feel like we're in, we're in a season as we move into 2021, we're going to see keys we're going to be, we're going to, there's new, not new keys, but there's keys that have never been used before. It's kind of like uh, Andrew talked about it um, with that, that, that four-minute mile being broken. And it's like until that key is used, it's like we, in our mind, we go, no, that can't happen. 
There's no way. There's no way that you can, like, you know, be in one place one moment and across in another country the next moment uh, until it happens. And then you're like, oh, it can happen. <laughs> it does happen. What happened is now the key's been used, and it's like, oh, you've seen it now. You've seen it happen. There are people that, that literally have, have been in one place in one moment and in another place in the next. And, uh, and you go, that is, that's crazy. It's actually in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> it's Philip, who's in one place at one moment, another place in another. These things, like, we can't, a lot of times we just pass over those things. And, I, well, that was for that time. Why would it just be for that time? Why, why wouldn't God do those things again? And maybe in new things that we've never even seen in the Bible. Yeah, it talks about, like, if, if they were to write down everything that was in the Bible, it would be more books than you could actually have in the, in, in the world. Like, what is that? In John 20, it talks about John 21. Yeah, thank you, Marcus. <laughs> John 21. But there is so much more than, than what we have in here. And sometimes this becomes that box that we, we go, well, um, everything that God does is inside this little box. And... Uh, and, and there's actually so many more keys and so many more things that I feel like the Lord is revealing and releasing in this season. And, uh, and our mind is going to be blown. And that's a good thing. Like, <laughs> our mind will be blown. So, and this is part of faith. So it's that let faith arise. And uh, I just uh, here's the question. Are, are we looking in the natural uh, from a position of the, of the world or when we look, when we see things, are we actually looking from a position of the supernatural? When you look into a situation, how are you seeing that situation? And, and I feel like this is where the Lord's going to begin to shift the mindset. He's going to begin to take us where we don't actually operate with these eyes, but we operate with the eyes of our heart. And, and, and this is not... This is based on his promises and his, the revelation that we have from the Holy Spirit. So it's not that we go, well, I want it this way and I'm just going to do this because that's what my, I'm standing on in faith. No, that's not faith, that's stupidity. Um, faith is actually taking the very revelation that the Holy Spirit gives us, holding on to that and beginning to operate in that. That's when we have his revelation, when we take his word and it becomes life to us and we put that in our heart, we stand on that, that becomes more of a reality than the things that we see. And that is faith. Okay? Um, I want the, uh, so Habakkuk 2, 3, and 4, this is one of the scriptures I feel like for 2021. It says, though it linger... And that's the revelation being revealed. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. And what that really means is it will come in a kairos time. It will come at the opportune time. Our job is not to make things happen. Our job is to align with his will, plans, purposes, and say yes to the very promises that God has. To, actually, we're to say the amen. Jesus says the yes, All, everything is a yes through Christ to where we speak the amen. What we do is we come into that agreement with the yes. That's in 2 Corinthians 1. And, and so we're coming into that agreement with that. Um, and, but when it says it will not delay, it will be in his perfect timing. So don't make it happen. This is, don't, don't create the Ishmael. 
Uh, don't run into something that you go, well, God said it and here I go. Guess what? Every promise of God, if you look at the promises of God, there isn't one promise where God goes, here's the promise, and then man went, okay, I'm going to go make it happen. Every promise of God is actually beyond our own capabilities. It's beyond what man can do. When you look at Moses, there's no way he was going to bring out a million Israelites out of Egypt. Not on his own, but through the power of God and what he did uh, with the, <laughs> the very final kind of hammer that went down when, when he wiped out the firstborn son and the firstborn of, uh, of everyone in Egypt except for those that were, uh, that were the Israelites, his people. That was the thing that actually released them and brought them out of that slavery and then, and then they're attacked by the, by the army, right? And then they're about to die. And then the Lord is the one that actually protects them as he opens up the sea and then closes the sea around him. That, that's the supernatural. You see it again. I'm, I'm not going to go through them all, but you just, you, you see it with Joseph. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was supernatural. He, he didn't get himself into a position of second in command over the, large, over the most powerful nation in the world. It was God that placed him there. It was through a dream that then he was able to interpret. And when the, when the king or when the Pharaoh came to Joseph to say, hey, you know how to interpret dreams, Joseph, the first thing he said was, I don't. I don't know how to interpret him, but I know a God who does. He understood his position under God. And so never think that we can do this on our own. What we do is we're in full submission to him. And when we're in full submission to him, he empowers us, strengthens us. And that's that faith that comes. That, and, and faith is not just a mindset. It's a position of action. And so it's a mindset followed by a position of action. And, and it's the faith that actually brings us into the promises. Let me just speak to that real quick. And then my, Marcus is up here just waiting patiently. <laughs> Sorry, Marcus. Uh, is that on? You're good. Are you not on? Check, check. check. Oh, there you go. So bit. listen to these words. Hebrews 4.2 says this. It says, for we, and this is, this part's in the NIV. 4.2 says, for we have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message that they heard was of no value to them. So this is this faith place of it, when you don't hear it, when our hearts are, are not tender before the Lord, when there's all that stuff in there, it says they both heard the message, they both heard the word, but the message they heard was actually of no value. It wasn't that the message wasn't valuable, but the message was of no value because they couldn't hear it. But then right after that, it says, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. So faith is that place, and it requires that purity of heart. Faith is that place that actually activates the very promises of God. Right after that, in the next verse, and this is, I'm going to just read this in the Passion, it says, for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. So this year, 2021, I say this year, next year, in a few days, we're walking into something new, but I believe we're walking into a time of actually set, of, of understanding how to walk in faith, operate by faith, and we're going to see promises come like we've never seen before. We're going to see things that we've been waiting for and going, why hasn't this happened? And I know this is a promise over my life, and why hasn't this happened? 
I believe now's the time, and it's going to be a shift with us to make it the opportune time so that God can actually do what he wants to do. If, if we don't operate in that place of faith, he doesn't, <laughs> the promises don't get released. Look at the Israelites. They had to wait 40 years. They had to figure it out. And it was actually the next generation that began to get, they got it. And they stepped into that promise. They began to walk into the promise. It's not God that's waiting. It's us that we need, it's our alignment to step into the Kairos time, the opportune time through faith so that he'll release the promise in the opportune time to do the things that he wants to do, that he wants to establish. Because these promises are not just for us. And, and that, if we got to be careful about that. It's not, it's not me, me, me. Look what I can do. Look what I can get. Our, those promises are so that he can move in and through us and work in and through us for the kingdom to establish his kingdom. And he will bless us, but not out of a position of just us being blessed. That's that prosperity message, which has really just destroyed the church. It's messed up the church big time. If you think it's all about just money, money, money for you, 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 good luck. <laughs> and it's not that he doesn't want to release funds. It's not that, but get our mindset right. And it's that faith and understanding the position that he has for us so that we can actually take the very resources, the things that he has, and utilize them for the kingdom. And then we become a conduit. We don't become a dam. We become a conduit that actually flows, right? Okay, Marcus, take it. <laughs> I could just keep going. So Mike started from uh, Habakkuk 2. I'm just going to read it again. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. For so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie, or it will not delay. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come to pass, and it will not delay. And as Mike is speaking on that and talking on that, I'm just reminded, I, I was not planning on going here, but I'm just reminded, this is the revelation that Jesus uses in Luke chapter 18. Everyone turn to Luke chapter 18 just for a second. So I think this is important that we see this. This is exactly what Mike is saying. And this is a precious verse for many of us. But I feel like the Lord's highlighting this right now. It says this in verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray, that they ought always to stand in faith, that they ought always to cry out to the Lord, to lift their voice to him, to know that he's listening. That's just a lot of ways to describe prayer. That they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Not have a, a dull heart. Not have a non-contending heart. A non-continual coming to him heart. And then he tells them the parable of the widow woman. And just to make it short, there's an unjust judge in a city and this widow is trying to get justice from her adversary, and this judge does not love God, does not respect man, but just because of her continual bothering him, he gives her what she wants. And then the Lord makes the contrast. Verse 6, the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and shall not God give justice to his elect? 
Now, just so you guys know, you were all the elect, okay? There's some odd teachings out there to where, oh, there's some people that are the elect. There's some, no, you're all the elect. Jesus is coming for all of us. His angels are going to reap his saints up to him in the sky, and those are the elect. So just put yourself in this story right now. And if you've had odd teachings on this or theology, just erase them. Put yourself in the story. And will not God give justice? Will not the righteous judge? Will not the, our Father in heaven who loves us, who sent His Son? It's Romans 8. He sent His Son. How much more will He not give us all things? It says this. Those who cry out to Him day and night. Now here's where, where Jesus links this to Habakkuk. Though He bears long with them. There's a, there's a delay, though he bears along with them. But what are we doing in the delay? We're standing in the place of faith. We're looking to God, the just one, who's going to make every wrong thing right. And we're crying out for him to do it. It says this, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Another word for speedily is suddenly. When God breaks in to a contending, praying, not losing heart church, everything gets turned around. The miracle happens. The word is heard and new believers come in. But here's the question. I love this question. I ask myself this question a lot of the time. I think this is a good question for us for 2021. Nevertheless, I'm just going to insert, nevertheless, in 2021, or nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, that's the actual coming of Jesus, that's the return of Jesus, Luke 17 is all about the return of Jesus, and then he flows right into his church, not losing heart, in the season of his return. He says this, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, you know Jesus is going to find faith on the earth. We know how the story ends. We know there's a pure and spotless bride. We know that, right? So for us, the question is, if that's going to be true of some people, is that going to be true of me? In 2021, will this type of contending for the promises faith, not losing heart faith, Prayerful faith, believing that God is the just God, our Father, faith, that He can turn wrong things and make them right, faith, that He can do it suddenly by His Word, faith. Will that type of faith be found in us in 2021? And I'm asking God, please, Lord, I want that. Lord, here I am. Lord, send me. Lord, use me. Let's just stop right now. Let's pray this over our families, over our body. And then I'm going to pass it back to Mike. Lord, we ask you right now. You prophesied this in Habakkuk, through Habakkuk. You prophesied this, Jesus, in Luke 18. Lord, we ask you that we would be those burning and shining lamps. That we would be those who contend, who stand who don't give up, and who reach for the promises in faith. And I ask you, where we've laid down that reach, I ask you right now, 
Put it back in us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Put back a contending, believing, uniting the word that you speak, uniting it with our faith and living above where you are seated in heavenly places with you. In Jesus' name, I ask you that grace would abound all the more that we would reign through Jesus Christ in righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Go ahead. So with that faith, I'm just going to reiterate something in Romans 4, 16. And I'm going to, Romans 4, 17, I believe, is another key verse for 2021. And I'm going to speak into it, but I want to speak into the verse right before it first because it just ties right in with this promise again. Um, so we, are, we will see in 2021, we will see promises that have, have kind of been held up, released in 2021. It is going to require something from our part. I, there, we play a part in this, I think, and this is that don't think that when God gives his promises that they just happen. It actually says, so in Romans 4.16, it says, Therefore, the promise comes by faith. So if you are just waiting for that promise to come, but not actually coming into an agreement with it in faith, if, if you and here's the problem, is, is we hear the promises and we go, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't see how God's going to actually make that happen. But if you do, God, that's great. But I don't see it. This is like my life right now is just not, it's not anything close to the promise. It's very difficult right now. I'm just going through trials. And man, it's so tough. And what does that sound like? Unbelief, grumbling, complaining, the very thing that the Israelites were doing for 40 years. Here, Christy and I were talking about this um, this morning or last night or something, but it's crazy that, I mean, God's plan was not for them to go 40 years and then cross over into the, into the promised land, but God sustained them through it all. And, and I think even though, like, we're like, oh, we're not seeing the promises, we're grumbling, we're complaining, like, God's grace is still good. I mean, here for 40 years... They had water, they had food every day, their clothes didn't wear out, they didn't get sick, unless the Lord put a plague on them, but for the most part, they didn't get sick. <laughs> when he was really angry, there were times, but, uh, but the Lord actually sustained his people. And guess what? As, as Marcus said, we're his elect, we're his people. And he loves us even when we mess up. So I, I don't want us to walk away with this like, oh man, like just uh, condemnation. It's not a condemnation. It is a conviction of the heart that, that things would begin to shift. Why? Because God wants us as the, our creator to walk in the very fullness of what he's created us for. And for the most part, I don't, think, I don't know that any of us are fully walking in everything that the Lord has for us. I want it for each one of us. I want us to fully walk every day where you get up and you go, oh, I can't wait. God's got amazing things, not, oh, I got another day of work. 
No, shift the mindset. Shift the understanding. You may have to go to work, but God has a plan as you go to work that it's going to be unbelievable if you walk by faith and not by sight. Those are the righteous ones. We're called to be righteous, and it's His righteousness. It's not our righteousness. We don't try to get righteous. We actually say amen to His promises. Let me just show you that. That scripture is so important that first Corinthians, I'm sorry, second Corinthians one. This is another one you can just write down. Second um, Corinthians one twenty. it says, for no matter how many promises God has made for all the promises that he've made, they are yes. But the key is, is the next part in Christ. So it's eyes set on him, realizing he's the one that establishes the promises. And then it says, and so through Christ, through him, the amen is spoken. That's the faith. That's the part that we step with our little faith into his faithfulness. We take our little part and place it in his faithfulness and things begin to happen. But that little part is a critical part because the faith or the promises come by faith. So back to Romans 4.16, that promises come by faith. So here's the thing. Yeah, I'll go into that, come back. Um, so, if, so if you go to Romans 4, I, I feel like if you're going to write down any scripture, this is the one. <laughs> Romans 4.17. And it's the second part of it. And, it, and it's and the Lord just so strongly put this on my heart. This is for right now for us as the church. And I believe you're going to, I haven't heard this spoken, haven't heard this prophesied, but I believe you're going to start hearing this in the church, that, that this is what we're going to be called to. In this place of stepping into faith, it says, it says, and God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. And this is what I'm so strongly feeling that God is actually, and here's the thing, when he calls something and we get his wisdom and revelation in it, we can call that thing. We say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If that's his plan, if he says, I'm going to call things that are dead, I'm going to call them to life. And the things that are not as though they are, we're going to, this is that place of walking by faith. When you come in and there's a situation that you go, oh, <laughs> we're not going to go, oh, this is death. This is horrible. I don't know what to do. We're going to go, no, no, no. That might be what we see in the, in the natural, but we have a greater authority than what we see and a greater position that we walk in to say, no, it's not that. It's actually greater than that. I'm, it, it may look dead, but it's actually alive. I'm calling it to life. We see Jesus do it like literally with with. A number of people in the in the New Testament where they he, he walks in to the little girl and he goes no she's sleeping what do they do they laugh at him they laugh at Jesus when he walks into the room and says she's sleeping what does he do get out <laughs> he kicks them all out and then he says little girl wake up and she gets up we're going to call things that are not as though they are. That is a word for 2021. That is, that is not just a, well, that's a nice little scripture. 
I'm telling you, you step into this, you will see things happen that you've never seen before. You will operate in ways that you've never experienced before. We're not meant to operate in the natural. Not, we're not meant to operate by what we see. We're not meant to, to just walk in a normal life like everybody else around us. We're meant to walk in the supernatural. Are you ready? Well, that was weak. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to walk in a way that you've never walked before? You set your heart upon the Lord. We clear out that junk. We begin to see the way he sees. We get his wisdom and revelation. And then we begin to declare things. We take the actual authority that he's given us in Christ, operating with keys of authority that we're meant to operate with. He didn't die for us so that we can just struggle through life. He died for us and he gave us the keys to the kingdom so that we can actually operate in the fullness of that life, that abundant life. Amen. So good. So good. Verse 17. God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Let's go to verse 18. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. Now, my kid on this, but I think this is key. As he had been told. Abraham had been given a promise and he put his faith in the God who gave him that promise and the God who has life, who has power to give life from the dead and the God who can call things into existence. And then in that place, in putting his faith in God who gave the promise, he begins to step into that promise. That as he had been told, verse 20, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. I hear the Lord saying this to us. What have I told you? What have I promised you? Now, some of you have a question mark over that. You have a, I, I don't, I'm not contending for any personal promises. I, I know the word. I'm contending for some promises in here. I think that's beautiful, and I think it's both. I think it is personal prophecy. What is the Holy Spirit said to you? What has the Holy Spirit revealed to you that you are supposed to bring you're supposed to partner with him and bring glory to God in the earth. And then also, what are the promises of Scripture that we're contending for? When I read this Bible, this was a phrase that this has been so dear to me in my journey with the, with the Lord and the Word. Anything I see in here that God does for someone else, any salvation, any deliverance, any healing, he moves on this man with a, with a prophetic spirit. God, give me a prophetic spirit. I see it in the Word. I contend for it. Anything is ours if we ask for it. If we wait for it. If we unite that in our hearts through faith. It was Andrew's message two or three weeks ago. Don't skip past the wonderful, impossible things that are done in the Word of God. Go. No, no, no. 
You show no partiality, Jesus. I'm your bride. I'm your chosen one. I'm your favorite one. I remember when I was 19 years old, I began to say to the Lord, I'm your favorite one. And it just like, it's true, and so are you, but so am I. It's John, right? Yeah, it's John. The beloved one. He's just like, one's up all the other apostles. He's like, I'm the beloved one. But they're all the beloved. Guys, when we see it, what he has said, what we have been told, what we have been promised, then we put our faith in the God who is able to do what he has promised. I mean, look at that. Look at this. Verse 20. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. Now, don't you love the Lord's divine editing process? How many of you read the story of Abraham? When I look at that story, Anna brought up this point on Wednesday. I'm still in her thunder here a few Wednesdays ago. When I look at his story, I, I go, wait a second. There was a little wavering. But you know what? He returned to the promise. He even pleaded with the Lord. Lord, my mistake of taking the promise into my power and trying to fulfill it with Hagar and Ishmael, he goes, Lord, let Ishmael live before you. And the Lord said, no, Abraham, it will be the son of promise. And Abraham repented and submitted. I feel like that merciful God who did that for that precious man is the same merciful God to us today. When we repent and go, God, I've, I've kind of blown it for the last two years. I, I come back to you and I'm standing in a place of faith and I'm contending for your promises in my life. You know what he's going to say over you when, we stand, when you stand before his throne? You never wavered in faith. He's just going to take out that little section because you return to him. That's what he does here, right? I mean, I'm not the only one reading that, right? Unwavering because he returned. I feel like this Sunday morning, the last Sunday morning of this year, it's time to return. It's time to come back to believing, to contending. And your story when you stand before his throne is, I've removed that as far as the east is from the west. I've removed that wasted time season. And now in this next season, you and I are going to redeem that time. You and I are going to walk wisely in this next season. We're going to be light and we're not going to be darkness. And we are going to release the presence, my presence in the earth. I've been, actually, let's just stop and pray that, okay? Lord, we come back to you right now. Lord, I come back to you right now. We come back to you as a people. Where, where we need to come back to you, call us back. Reveal. Reveal our own hearts to us. Where we have laid down a contending, pressing in spirit for the things you have spoken. Lord, reveal that to our hearts and give us the grace to come back. Give us the grace to come back. Lord, right now, we come back to you and we sign up again for 2021. And we say we will be those who hold precious your words and your promises. And we will be those who put our faith in the God 
who is able to fulfill the promises he's given us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay. A few more things that just need to be released here. Um, Phew. Yeah. Let me just say to that. Back so back on that from Second Corinthians. The words that we say, they they align with our faith and it activates the promises. So I would I would urge you and encourage you that every word that you say, the words that you speak in this coming year, be aware of what you're saying. When you're speaking to your children, when you're speaking to your spouse, when you're speaking to your coworkers, when you're when you're saying things, uh, be aware that you're you're either you're either coming to an, into an agreement with the promises of God, and you're speaking those things, or you're actually and I talked about it last week. It, you you can actually abort the promises of God. When you speak against it. You can, you can actually stop the very things that the Lord wants to establish in that time. It doesn't mean that they're not going to happen, but it does mean that it's probably not going to happen when, in the opportune time when you'd like it to happen. Uh, <laughs> again, it's 40, it was 40 years later. Uh, so this, this scripture uh, that we're going to actually bring dead things to life, we're going to speak into things and say, it's the things that are not as though they are. We're going to see things in a new way. And let me say this. I wrote this down. I just said, this is, it's a now season for that word. And what it is, is it's the birthing of things that have been, we've been experienced growing pains. Or not growing pains, birthing pains. It's been that, that time of, of, and right before the birth, there's always the worst pain, Right? I mean, it's the, it's the kind of the darkest times right before God does something amazing. And it's, we see it all throughout Scripture. And I feel like they're birthing pains that are setting us up for the very thing that the Lord wants to do. Don't, don't come against it. Let the Lord do what he, he needs to do in our own hearts. That shaking, He shakes the things that can be shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken remain. He sets those things in our hearts. But this is what I, I felt, and I wrote this down. I said, there is a birthing right now of the things of the Lord in this earth. It is a tremble. It is a shaking, and the things of the Lord are about to come forth. God is doing a new thing. This is that Isaiah 43. Like, don't look at the things of the old. Don't go, well, this is how it's happened in the past, so this is how it's going to ha- probably happen this time. No, no, no. It is a new thing. There are, there are keys that have never been used before, things that we've never seen before. Don't, don't limit God by what we've seen in the past. It says he creates the new. He does the new. He constantly does the new. So, so God is doing a new thing, and he is revealing his glory to the earth in new ways. Keys are being released that have never been used before. Authority is being established that has never been understood before. The kingdom of God is coming like never before. It is a birthing season. This is, hear this. I'm not just speaking these words for fun. This is happening now. 
We're, we're seeing something happen in 2021. We're seeing something established in a new way. And regardless of what, when I say see, I'm talking about seeing in the, in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural, don't look with your, with your eyes and go, oh no. Ask the Lord, get the spiritual wisdom and say, oh yes. Authority is being established that has never been understood and the kingdom of God is coming like never before. It is a birthing season. It is a season of the prophetic voices to come forth. It is those who are pure in heart who will reveal my heart, his heart, the Lord's heart. They will see and they will know and it will be perceived in the nations. And the Lord's people will rule the nations. It is time to reign in love, and in humility, revealing his power and revealing his glory. It is, and let me just touch on that, that love and that humility. It's his love and it's his humility which comes from that pure heart. Jesus operated from a place of complete authority because of the, he, he operated in the greatest humility. He was the most humble. It's interesting, Moses said he was the most humble. If you go back to Genesis, it says he was the most humble man. And he, pro and he probably was. At that time, he was the most humble man. But I can tell you, Jesus was the most humble man. And he was the one that was lifted up to the highest place. And then, this is Philippians 2, it's, it's, that, it's in that place of humility, the Father God lifts him up to the highest place. And then what does Jesus do? And he goes, but all glory be to God. So Jesus didn't just take the glory. It's like he's lifted up to the highest place, takes that glory, and gives it back to the Father. It's a beautiful just kind of like, no, no, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. It's that place of like, and I can say, don't ever touch the glory. Let the glory be his to his glory. It's not that look what I'm doing. When God lifts us up, when we do operate in a place of humility, it says that he does lift us up. Not so that we get a hold of the glory and go, look at me. <laughs> That'll take you down really quick. Uh, give him the glory. Let him have the glory. So it's not about what we do. It's about what he's doing in and through us for his glory, establishing his ways in and through us. And it's amazing. This, this life that we're to live right now on this earth, it's not supposed to be dull and it's not supposed to be frustrating. There is, there is persecution, there are trials, and there are tribulations, but he says, count it all joy. I, I was saying, I think 2020 was a year of counting it all joy. <laughs> the trials and the tribulations that we've been through, the testing of our faith, because it's the testing that develops the perseverance that brings us into a place of maturity, that sets our root system deep, that removes all the stones so that we have a strength in him so that we can actually move into the, fall, the next seasons and do the greater things that he calls us to do. Those testing seasons are amazing. Take hold of them, count it all joy, and establish your ways in him in those times. It's not in the good times that we establish our ways in him. It's in the testing that's what develops that perseverance. In Romans 5, it talks about it. That's that it establishes our character, which brings us into a place of locking into his hope. And our faith will be so strong as we do that. just want to reiterate that point of humility. 
The Lord was speaking this to us, I say to us, uh, in our, one of our leadership meetings, I can't remember exactly which one, but the, the scriptures in Isaiah 66, I think it's Isaiah 57 and Psalm 51, where it talks about the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite spirit. And it talks about in Isaiah 57 that though he's high and lofty, he, he dwells with those who are humble and those who are contrite in spirit. In Isaiah 66, it's like, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool, where's the house you're going to build for me, you know? He says, but I dwell with him who is humble, with him who is contrite, with him who trembles at the word of God. I feel like 2020 has humbled some of us. You guys feel a little humbling? I do. I felt a little, oh, I, I got taken back to school in some ways. How, how many of you guys felt that? 2020. Oh, I got, my, my heart actually broke and got crushed a little bit. How many of you guys felt that in 2020? We were feeling that. God says, don't lose that going into 2021. Because when I guarantee most everyone in this room, you got to that place of that humility brought you to the Lord, didn't it? That crushing of heart brought you to the Lord to have him mend your heart, to have him fill your heart. And if it hasn't yet, let me encourage you. You don't want to go around that mountain again. I'm serious. If it hasn't yet, today, let this be the day that the humility of 2020 brings you to your knees and you say, Jesus, I need you. I humble myself under your mighty hand. I ask you to lift me up. I wait on you to lift me up. Mm-hmm. But humility is so key. This is what Jesus says of his own life and our life in Matthew chapter 20. I just soared right past the book of Matthew. I got middle of the New Testament. Here we go. Matthew chapter 20. Verse 25. But Jesus called them to him. Now, I love what happens before this. This is just one of the funniest times of the apostles, you know. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, get get their mother to bring them before Jesus, their little, old, precious mother, to try to manipulate the Son of God and say, and she says, Jesus, in, when you come into your kingdom, would you let my sons, one of them sit on your right and one of them sit on your left? I just love that. That is just precious. I would do something like that, you know? Find the cutest old woman, Bring them before Jesus. You know, anyway, it's just funny to me. And I'm sure Jesus is like, I'm sure with a smile on his face, he says, verse 18, you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you don't really know what it's going to be when I return in my kingdom. He says, and are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And they go, yeah, we're able. I just love that. The, Jesus doesn't slap him. He doesn't hit him. He just says, Oh, guys, okay, here we go. Verse 25. 
But Jesus called them to him. Now, the apostles got really mad at James and John because of this. They were like, you just tried to one-up us? You just tried to, you cut in line, James. You get back here. Okay. Verse 25. But Jesus called them to him when they were angry. And he's laying a new groundwork. He's laying new revelation of how the kingdom of God operates. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord their authority over the ones that they rule. They rule from a top-down mentality that you're under me and you are made to serve me. He's like, oh, not in my kingdom. He says this, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. In Mark, he goes, must be a slave of all. It's just completely turning it upside down. But here's here's what was touching me a few weeks ago. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, for many. Jesus came as a servant. Jesus came as a sacrifice. Jesus came as a ransom. And he entered into the will of God by partnering with the heart of his Father. And he says, I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. Guys, when we embrace and walk in humility and serving and servanthood, being a slave to all, I call that, that is the magnet of meekness. That draws Holy Spirit activity to you. That draws the voice of the Lord into your life. It opens your ears. It opens your eyes to see what God is doing. Now it's the Holy Spirit, but it's it's us embracing humility. So he says, I gave my life as a ransom for many. Isaiah 53, look, into, look at the similar language. Verse 11, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. Mm. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with many. And he shall divide the portion with a lot of people. That's what that word means. Because he poured out his soul to death, he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many. And he makes intercession for the transgressors. We are called to emulate the servant, that that Philippians 2 servanthood of Jesus, where we go low and we allow God to lift us up into 2021. Ask God to teach you and help you Walk in humility as Jesus walked. The Holy Spirit, He will give you ideas. He will give you wisdom. You will be called to serve someone else, to serve another ministry, to to serve another man's vision. And the Lord will honor that and He will bless that. That's the only way we walk as a unified body of Christ. It's the only way. When pride gets in, it divides us. No, I know more than you. No, I can't submit to that. No, this is to... No! Say, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to...
to lift you up. Guys, if we do that together in small ways, oh, the Holy Spirit is going to take hold of this church and he is going to lift it up as a light to our community. But if we don't embrace loving one another and humility, especially humbling ourselves to God, but humbling ourselves to one another, serving one another, we're going to go around this mountain again. (laughs) I don't want to go around the mountain. I want to be a part of a loving, humble, serving my neighbor congregation that reaches out our hand to the poor and the broken. We say, come in, now let me serve you. And come in, let me teach you how to serve others. We could talk about that all day, but I, I think the Lord's really highlighting that love and humility. Amen. Go ahead. So I think the, the last thing here, and maybe the most important, is the out of this, and this is the key, is this, it's out of this humility that the Lord in this season, I believe, is raising or is establishing mothers and fathers. And and the purpose of mothers and fathers is to raise up sons and daughters so that they become mothers and fathers. And this is what the, like, the kingdom is all about. It is all about family. And it's, way, it's the way God established things from the very beginning. And a lot of times we look at family as just biological family. But let me tell you, that spiritual family is actually a stronger family than our biological family. You're gonna have, we have a biological family now. We have a spiritual family for eternity. And so he is, he is setting things up, and he's setting us up for success in this. It comes through humility. It's those who are humble. You can't be a father and a mother until you've been a son or a daughter. You have to learn how to be a son or a daughter, and then you can become a mother and a father. And it's, it's Paul saying, imitate me as I've imitated Christ, as I've come into that place of humility, now I can actually operate as a father and a mother. Here's the thing. We talk about discipleship and and raising up. And I've even said this in the past, like, well, we're all supposed to disciple. We're all supposed to train up. Yes and no. I would say it's actually, (laughs) there is a calling to do that, but there's actually a training to do that. Um, Paul talks about it. He's like, hey, you guys should be teachers by now. You're not. You still haven't figured it out. You're still kids. You're still drinking milk. Uh, he's like, I got to get you off the milk, and I need to get you onto the meat. But, but the thing is, is the Lord is actually desiring and to see mothers and fathers raised up. But it, it, it requires us to come into a place of humility, learn how to be sons and daughters, and then come into that place of being mothers and fathers. We need mothers and fathers in this season in the church. And, and the problem is, is a lot of times in the church, what we have is we have, we have sons and daughters raising up sons and daughters. And, and I call that Lord of the Flies. <laughs> if you've ever seen that movie, it's a mess. That that's why when there's a lack of mothers and fathers, things can get really messy. And it happens in the church all the time. There's a lack of maturity in the church. And so who's teaching who? It's like, well, what, what, what are you guys te- doing? What are you teaching each other? Like, there has to be mothers and fathers established in a place of humility. And, and I can tell you, 2021, again, this is, this is not just a nice thought. 
this is what is, the Lord is going to be doing in 2021. I believe for the rock, he's actually established. There are many in here that I would say, yes, you guys are mothers and fathers of the house. There's a place of humility that you walk in and a place of maturity that you need to come alongside others. You're ready. And, uh, and th- then there's others that are going to go, oh, I'm ready. And, and I'll be like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, and it's not a matter of age it it's actually comes out of that place of the heart. And so, it, and it's not like, well, I'm like, we don't walk out of here and go, yeah, I'm a mother and a father. Like, no, learn to be that son and daughter. Learn to serve and bless and come alongside and, and be raised up and have that humility to go, yes, I, I, there's more I need to learn. Even as a, as a father and a, and a mother, I'm a father, I'm still a son. I never lose my sonship. And so I don't go, well, now I got it all figured out. No, no, I'm still learning so much, but I'm also fathering. I'm also now raising up others. But if I lose that humility, if I, if I walk out of that place and think that I have this thing figured out and I'm not walking in him and in that place of my heart being tenderized before the Lord, man, I'm going to actually lead others astray. And if I, ah, I never want to lead others astray. So my heart is to stay humble, even before you guys, that, that I don't have this all figured out, that I'm, I'm, I, I hate even being up on a stage, other than the fact that you can, you can see me more clearly, but I'm down here with you guys going, okay, let's do this together, we're in this together, I'm figuring it out, you're figuring it out, there's things, there's times you're speaking into my life, there's times I'm speaking into your life, yes, I feel like God has placed me in this position, but not to lord over you, but to come under you to serve you, to support you, to lift you up, to strengthen you, to say, come on, you can do this. And sometimes I need it too. Pastors need it just as much as everyone else. I think sometimes we put pastors on a pedestal like they've got it all figured out and we don't. And uh, <laughs> look, we don't have it any more figured out than you do. We're just all seeking the Lord together. And there's a position that we all carry. There's a position that the Lord has us in. But it's not to lord over anyone the moment we lord over someone, we're, we're stepping out of that place of humility, into that place of pride, and there will be a fall. So for any of us, don't ever step out of that place of humility. Don't ever think you have it all figured out. That's what fathers and mothers do. That's what establishes fathers and mothers that can raise up sons and daughters in the way of Christ, in his way. It, it's so important. The, the one other thing I just want to say is, is be careful what you hear. Uh, just kind of a side note. I just felt like it's important in this season. There are, and, and, and test everything that we're saying. Don't just go, well, that's what the pastor said. No, test it. Make sure, check it in your spirit. Is it, is it check with your spirit? Is it check with the word of God? If it's off, don't follow it. And I can say, I'm not 100% accurate. Like, I don't have it all figured out. Again, there's no one that has it all figured out. Be careful who you listen to. Just because someone's been accurate and they're a prophetic voice, don't just go, well, then they have it figured out. Don't do that. You have to test the spirits. And we need to, let me just read these verses here. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. This is 1 John 4. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
And it says this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. There, are, there will be many voices that come in the name of Jesus, uh, that come in the name of the Lord and speak into things. And I can tell you, it will deceive many. Uh, it's Matthew 24, where it's, it, it, that, I mean, it's, it's in a number of places, but it says, I think even the elect, right? Doesn't it say that there? If possible, if possible even the elect will be deceived. If that's even possible, like I, I, that's crazy, but it can happen. But there will be many that are deceived. And so this is where in that place of humility, in that place of dependence upon the Lord, that we're constantly listening to him. We're, we're listening to his spirit. We're not just relying. You're not just getting fed by me. You're getting fed by the spirit. My job is to, yeah, there's sometimes correction, training, equipping, uh, vision, where we're going, like things that the Lord's leading us into. Um, but test it all. Check it all. And, and, and if I'm off, come to me. Let's talk about it. Like, don't just, like, well, I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> I, I've had people just, like, leave because they're like, well, I don't believe the same way he does. Let's, that's not what family does, right? Like, there's times where you might disagree. Let's, let's come together. Let's pray through it. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Lord. And if I'm off, man, I'm so sorry. If I'm so prideful to think that I'm never wrong, man, then so help me God, because uh, there's times where I'm off. So we're all off. You're off, I'm off. <laughs> and that's the grace of God, but our hearts need to be tender before him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay, let's do this. If you guys, if you, just last Sunday of the year here, I'm going to spend like five more minutes. This is what we were feeling as we were just praying into this. Uh, just gather just with maybe the person right next to you or a few people around you. Uh, and, and this is, I heard the Lord say this, and I wasn't, I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And I still don't have a full understanding. Some people spoke into it, and I felt like it was, that was accurate. Uh, but it was like, it was going from prediction to benediction. And I'm like, benediction kind of has that like religious term, right? <laughs> But as you look it up, all, all it means, bene means well or good, and diction means speak. And so I feel like as we hear from the Lord, as we ask the Lord, our job is to speak over those that around us and begin to speak things of encouragement, to share things that, that yeah, you could say prophesy, but I know that's a big word for people like, ah, prophesy. No, just what you're doing is you're just sharing the love of Jesus with other people and encouraging them in whatever it is. So I just, just take just a moment here. And I feel like as the, as the body, what we're going to do is we're just going to strengthen each other. And just, you can ask the Lord, um, you can just say, man, God bless you and just pray a blessing over them. You can grab, grab numbers four and just pray, uh, or number six and just pray this. <laughs> Just pray this blessing over him. It's just, the Lord bless you. It's number 624. Grab your Bible, and if it's just that, it's, this is amazing. 
The Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, and the Lord turn his face toward you and, and give you shalom peace. Like, that's powerful. But this is a season where, where we're saying, look, we're going we're gonna to call the things that are not as though they are. We're gonna, with the dead things, we're going we're gonna to speak life into them. We're going to actually speak well into people's lives, and we're going to speak we actually have to open our mouths, and this is a time where we're going to begin to speak out and, and, and declare the goodness of God over people. And then I want to just bring the worship team up. There we go. You guys are <laughs> on it. And then we're going to just sing. We're going to sing the blessing song together as we close out 2017. You guys know that, that song. It's such a powerful song, and that it was that, it was, that the Lord actually downloaded that thing in 2020 for this very year I just feel like to close with that song so but before we do would you just pray a blessing maybe over the person next to you uh, make sure that just that everybody gets prayed over and just it can be so short Lord I just bless them pray that they would be blessed in the coming year Lord strengthen them give them everything that they need just that simple would you just take like two three four minutes and just pray over the person next to you and then we're going to just finish with this song.